Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. You know, we often want to do things in a particular way, but that way might mean that we can't do that thing for many years into the future. And if that's the case, then maybe we need to make concessions with our dream so that it can become a reality sooner. And to make this happen, my guest today, Trisha Leach, host of the Keep Your Daydream podcast, proposes a simple question. And that is, what can you do right now? Through her podcast, Trisha shares inspiring stories of people who have left the so-called normal life to pursue their traveling dreams and unique lifestyle. When my family and I embarked on our little adventure to house-sit our way through North America for a year, Trisha's Keep Your Daydream podcast, it made me feel normal just knowing that there were similar people, similar families out there that had chosen to travel, to try something new, to enjoy and learn from this traveling lifestyle. I initially wanted to reach out to Trisha as along with her husband, Mark, they have decided to pack up their three kids and 16-year-old dog in an RV to hit the open road for six months, traveling around the United States. I wanted to know how someone with teenage kids could design their life to enable that to happen. But as I started to dig deeper into her story, I realized that there was so much more to tell. I discovered that there was a journey of pushing through adversity brought on by the global financial crisis. That Trisha and her family, as she puts it, had to stop feeding the shredder. In this episode, we discuss prioritizing what is important, stepping out of that commercialized dream, transforming from putting value into things to placing value on experiences, setting a date to make things happen, and only having 18 summers with your children. I thought I was going to talk about travel with Trisha, but she gave me so much more. As traveling isn't about seeing different places, it's about growing from experiences. Trisha is energetic, she is warm, and she is a mother who simply wants to rip the curtains open each morning to go exploring with her family and to see what the world will teach her. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Trisha Leach. Hi, Trisha. How are you? Hey, I am awesome. How's it going? I'm going very well. And it's, it's interesting that you say that. How, how's it going? Because a lot of my American friends don't understand it when I say that. How <laughs> really? You go- yeah. So it's actually quite nice to hear it back to me. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and whereabouts in this beautiful world do I find you today? Well, today we are in New York City, and I say we because it's my husband, my three kids, and my 16-year-old golden retriever. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, we are in downtown, in Chinatown, just just in the crazy, busy, bustling part of Manhattan. But New York City is not where you live, is it? 
No, it's not. We are originally from Scottsdale, Arizona, and currently we are in month four of a six-month trip around the United States. We've been having a crazy, awesome, sometimes hairy <laughs> time, and um, but we are here in New York. We've been here for about 10 days. We're leaving in about five days, and uh, we're just having an awesome time. Yesterday was September 11th, so it was a time of memory and really just walking around the city and feeling connected in a weird way but uh it was a beautiful day and we were just happy to be part of it that must have been really like special and somber i guess at the same time oh my word it was and you know just a few short days ago we went over to the memorial and we brought our kids and seeing the look on their faces you know my daughter was only born a year after that happened or pardon me, a year before, and my boys were not even born yet. So for them to really grasp what happened, and, and you know, there's so many crazy things going on in the news today, and to see how that actually happened on U.S. soil was like, it kind of blew their minds. Yeah. And so, and you know, I know that it's sad, but it was really good for them to see and to really appreciate, uh, you know, those firemen and police officers and all those heroic people that really risked their lives and ultimately gave their lives uh, to help. And it just hit them in a way that I just didn't expect. Yeah, wow. It's uh, really, really special. Mm -hmm. um, I want to I get to your amazing journey of traveling a little bit later. But um, I, I first came across you through your wonderful Keep Your Daydream podcast. And this is where you share inspiring stories of people who have left the so-called normal life to pursue their traveling dreams and unique lifestyle. And when we first embarked on our little adventure, pardon me, to, um, attempting to house it our way through North America for a year, it was so refreshing to hear the stories that you shared, to know that there were other families, other people that had chosen to travel to try something new, to enjoy and learn from this traveling lifestyle. So I guess I just wanted to start by saying thank you for making me feel normal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Isn't it nice when you know that you have a community around you, whether it's virtual or real? Uh, it's so true. And the really interesting thing is that my wife, Inger, she's a designer and she often listens to podcasts when she's designing. And I can tell when she's listened to one of your episode episodes because she'll just bring up like random countries at dinner time. She'll be like, ah, oh, I was thinking about Peru today. And <laughs> it's something about traveling, don't you think, that even just listening to stories about it makes you want to pack your bags and head out the door and see the world. Yes, yes. Well, and I think it's so interesting that you say, you know, just listening to podcasts because Jim Rohn, who's a famous author, says, you know, you could go a day without food, but don't go a day without feeding your brain. And, you know, either listen to a podcast or read a book or watch a documentary and feed yourself these ideas because you'll be so amazed at what your brain will give you back, the possibilities and where you want to go and what's important to you. So I just love hearing that. It actually gives me goosebumps down my leg. Just thinking about someone listening to, um, you know, what we're producing here at Keeper Daydream, but also like what you guys are up to and traveling and house sitting. I just think it's so cool. And travel gives you something that nothing else can. Uh, I completely agree with that. Just kind of experience things, experiencing things that are new and different just allows you to, to grow in so many different ways. Absolutely. I want to, I want to get back to your traveling stories and a little bit about how You've hit the road with with your kids and Mark for six for six months, but there's a story and a bit of a journey before that moment, as life wasn't always 
an open road for you. Can you describe how life was when you, as you put it, were feeding the shredder? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm so glad that you asked the background to the story because you know that why is so important for people. Why do you want to go do what you do? And I got to say that my husband and I have always been hungry, right? We're from the United States. So it's all about the American dream. What can you achieve? You know, growing to your potential. And just that was like, we feel like we've been racing. Ever since we got married, we're like, okay, what can we create? Where are we going to work? What's, you know, the next house, the next car. And then we started building our family. And, um, and I got to say we did a pretty darn good job <laughs> and um and you know we achieved what we wanted to achieve but you know we had some setbacks just like oh my gosh like the whole world did and especially the United States and during the financial crisis and we started saying like okay what is this that we're doing like why are we doing this why is it every month we go out and we like hunt and farm and kill you know to bring <laughs> home the goods right and it just eventually started feeling like we were feeding the shredder. Mm -hmm. It was like, what can we bring home to just zip it all away? And are we really just like going through this so fast? What is it that we're getting out? And we started asking ourselves, what are our real priorities? Why on earth are we doing this? We don't need a bigger car. We don't need a bigger house. We actually have everything we've ever wanted. And I know that sounds kind of gushy, but it's true. I mean, we met each other really young. We got married. We had this family. Everybody's healthy. I mean, hello, what a blessing that is. Yeah. And, and so like, what do we want to really go do? We wanted to go see things. We want to go do things. We don't want to just like be separate all week and then come together for a few hours and see each other. We want to like do something together. So we're like, you know what? Forget this. We're not going to feed the shredder anymore. We're going to start making some tough decisions. You know, we turned off the TV like I mean, that's like one of the smallest, cheapest things that you can do mm -hmm. <laughs> is first turn off the TV, stop feeding yourself with like what to buy next. And, um, you know, I got to say that I resisted that really hard. Mark, it was Mark's idea. And I'm like, I don't want to be the weirdos. <laughs> 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 He's like, Trish, I mean, it's not, you're not weird. You're actually like, you know, um, Mr. Money Mustache. He's another financial guy. And um, he's like, well, you know what? If you do that, you might not have water cooler talk, but you might actually meet some cool people along the way, people who are out there mountain biking, people who are out there traveling, starting classes, doing cool things, way better than just feeding yourself with whatever is on the channels, right? Yeah. So we started there and we started just making some big changes like what, you know, where are we going to live? What are we going to do? What are we going to drive? And all of a sudden we started making room for new things because we realize, wow, we filled up all our days, all of our finances, all of our stuff with just randomness. And now when we're going to just make these choices, we get to put some real deliberate things in our life that like, how do you want to live and why do you want to do it? And it's that, that notion of making room, that's something that's really close to a, my heart because it was one of the key things that once I made room in my own life, similar to you, we were able to kind of ask those same questions and what do we really value? And not saying that travel is like the pinnacle of what we really value, but spending time with a family and kind of wanting to experience new things was really important to us. And that making of room really allowed that to happen for us. Mm-hmm. Totally. But take me back to that moment, like that conversation when you and Mark realized that the business that you had built that you had spent so much time and effort in was going to close due to the financial crisis how was how was that realization 
Well, here's the thing. We actually, the, we didn't close the business. We prioritized the business mm -hmm. and we started doing fewer things on the home front. We didn't go out to dinners anymore. M mind you, this was like, um, during the financial crisis and sometimes we have to like reset ourselves, right? Because we're in a different space now, what, like seven years later. Mm -hmm. But back then it was like, we had books of business. We owned a private aviation company where people got their airplanes refurbished. So, you know, we've got planes landing, we're figuring stuff out and, you know, we're catering to people that have money and we're like, oh, well, these people, you know, these people, I'm doing air quotes, Yeah, yeah. you know, like they're not going to stop spending. Um, yes. Hello. They are. That's how they got where they are <laughs> is being smart. Right. So anyway, so just, we had this book of business and it immediately, when I say immediately, I mean, immediately within weeks started just disappearing. And we were like, Oh my gosh. I mean, what do you do when you're not making money? You're just living off of your savings. Mm -hmm. You're running a household. You're running a business. You know, there's payroll when, when you own a business and you realize there's payroll, there's people that are expecting money for the work they're doing and they should. So, okay, so we have to just cut out everything we're doing in our life to prioritize the business. And I don't want to spend too long. This is a travel program. So, yeah. you know, the reality is we prioritize that. We kept it alive. We kept it afloat. My husband, I have to say, single-handedly did that and he did an amazing job. And we ended up selling it to the employees. It turned out to be a win-win. But we were like, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to prioritize what's important to us. And so that moved on and we stopped feeding the shredder and we started asking ourselves what's next. And when you, you, you talk about like resetting yourselves and like what were some of the, the changes that you started to see in your life when you, I guess, stepped out of that commercialized dream and kind of started to take that ownership back again? What were some of the key things that you really, you really started to see in your life? Well, you know, here's one of the big ones. You, when you have a family, you realize you only get 18 summers with your kids, right? And so, like, what are we really doing? I'm driving, like, literally 100 miles a day around in a 10-mile circle, just dropping people off and picking them back up. I'm not seeing them. I'm not participating with them. I'm, I'm like, dropping everybody off and doing stuff and running businesses on the side, and you're just kind of running in a little hamster wheel. So, you know, like, what – what is that? And so asking yourself, what is that? What is the prioritize? What are we prioritizing? And we realize we're putting a lot of value in things and not so much in experiences. And we really wanted to be experience based. Just like you said, travel is not the pinnacle end all be all. But what it really does is it puts you in a space that you wouldn't otherwise have opportunity to be in. And it provides this opportunity for your family or just you if you're a single traveler, like to start thinking in a different way, speaking a different language, picking up on social cues. Um, realizing, oh, this culture is so cool because of this, this, and this. Oh, I need to watch out for this, this, and this. And your brain is actually working. You're not in zombie mode. You are actually doing and creating your day. I think it would be impossible for you to be in zombie mode. <laughs> <laughs> but you touched on something really cool there about with your kids, you only kind of get 18 summers with them. Mm -hmm. And you are having the most amazing summer this summer with your family. As, as we've mentioned before, you, you're on the road. You're in month four of a six-month road trip um, around America in your RV. Take me back to that moment with Mark when you decided, hey, let's pack up the family. Like, How did that conversation start? Well, you know, it is so interesting because the reality is when we started asking ourselves, what do we want to go do? Sailing around the world came up like over and over again. And my husband was like, I want to get this boat and let's go check out this. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll just stay in like a little marina. 
<laughs> or lake boaters, but I've never been an ocean boater. And I'm like, heck no, I'm not going out there. So anyway, so we started looking into these boats and they were very expensive. And I was like, oh my gosh, our businesses aren't going to translate out into the ocean. If I don't have Wi-Fi, I'm kind of like lost. And so, you know, what are we going to do? Then we started like kind of backtracking it and saying, okay, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could do that. Because really when you find out what you want to do and it's like 10, 20, 30 years away to when you're actually able to achieve it, it's kind of a crap out. (laughs) And so you're like, well, okay, great. So I just go back to the grind, even though my dream is out there and I want to go do it. So we started realizing through the podcast that it's okay to make a few concessions. It's okay to start saying, if I can't do that, maybe I could do this. And maybe this will open a door to a room that I wouldn't have access to where there's new possibilities and new growth that I wouldn't even have thought of. And so we started thinking, what could we do right now? And I think for your listener today, asking themselves, you know, like if they have a big trip in mind or if they want to go to an amazing country, but they're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how I'm going to afford to get on a plane. What can you do right now? And when you start asking yourself that question, what can I do today, next week, next month? It adds up to a lot of steps and you will be so surprised where you are a year from today if you ask yourself that one question. So that's what we did. And we said, you know what we could do right now? We could go travel the U.S. We figured out how to move all of our businesses to a totally online format. Um, that's no small feat, but it took us some time, but we did it. And um, we, we bought an RV. We never had an RV. And it's a travel trailer, just to be specific. And we're like, okay, we're going to go travel the U.S. for six months. Now, mind you, that's a lot to think about. We had to figure out, okay, how are the kids going to go to school? So we found an online school where when we're gone, they can be online. And when we come back home, they can be on campus so they don't lose that friend aspect Mm -hmm. and, you know, events and things. And um, so that's what we did. We asked ourselves, what can we do right now? We could RV. We set out for six months. And that's what we're doing, and it's out of control. I mean, some days are amazing, some days are hard, but overall, I mean, it is so cool. And I really love that notion of you might have that perfect idea in your head of what you want, but if you can't achieve that for so like so many years, then you that's just an excuse. You you have to think up of different ways. And I really love that. What can I do right now? Like, what can I do today that's going to get me? that's going to at least push me in the right direction. And I 1000% agree with that. It is so true. Yes. And how, how long was it from when you had that conversation with Mark to, you know, locking up the house and hitting the road? I think it took us about a year from when we really started saying we're going to do something different. We're not going to just stay in suburbia and do what we're doing now. It took us about a year. And I, and I say that because we needed to figure out how to make money on the road. And so, you know, some people have, that I've spoken to have, you know, a year of savings and they're like, we're going to use our savings to go on the road. We weren't willing to do that. Mm. We wanted to make sure that we were still making money. So that's why it took us so long. I mean, some people could say, yeah, I'm going to switch everything up and be done in like four weeks and their life could be different. Um, it took us a little bit longer. Some people took even longer than us. So, um, so yeah, so it took us about a year to have that conversation, to start switching our clients into a different format, attracting different clients and making sure that we were ready to go on the road. But here's one of the most important things. It's setting a date. Mm -hmm. And I think when you set a date, that's when things start changing because you're like, okay, that's the day I'm leaving. That's the day I'm getting on a plane. That's the day I'm selling X, Y, and Z. Because if you don't do that, it will come and go. 
And did you set that date and kind of work backwards and go, we well, did. yeah, that's exactly yeah. how I work as well. Mm-hmm. We did. And you know, that when we started doing that and we, you know, obviously we have the keep your daydream audience, but we also have our friends and family, right? And my husband talks to business owners all the time because he has a speaking company and, you know, it's a coaching and everything else. So he was talking to one of his friends and he was contemplating, should I sell my business? Should I not? And Mark says, dude, set a date. And literally within a week, his friend calls him back and says, I set a date. And he goes, so what's happening? He goes, I'm selling the business and I'm changing. And he was changing everything around him. But it was really that as soon as your mind is set on something, possibilities and opportunities come around that wouldn't be there because you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be open to receiving them. And that might sound like you know, twinkle stars and just like the whole universe is, you know, conspiring to work with you. But you know what? I believe that's true. And until you actually start setting the date and making some decisions, you won't be able to see that. And and if you do do it, you will see it and then you'll believe it. Yeah. I, I'm twinkling the stars there with you because it, 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 <laughs> it is very, it's very true, but it's, it sounds a little bit woo-woo, but, but it's not. It kind of, by setting that date makes you start to plan. And once you start to plan, you can then break down that, that big thing about how do we, well, for you, it was, you know, how do we restructure our businesses? What do we do with the kids schooling? What are we going to do with our home? You, You can start breaking down those big, those big conversations into smaller chunks, and then you can actually action them. And as you say so perfectly, you know, you action it like, what can you do right now? What can you do today? And it's, it's true. And I, I think you're a hundred percent right there. Thanks. Yeah, it's crazy. And I love how you say actionable because that's what it takes. It takes action. And um, as much as, you know, I love the thought of dreaming and thinking and all of that. I mean, hello, keep your daydream. But it's really those actionable steps. What can you do today? Mm -hmm. And speaking of action. You're filming a lot of your travels, which is brilliant. <laughs> it's so fun and so ridiculous at the same time. <laughs> you, you, you're putting them up on your YouTube channel. Like, what are some of the most memorable moments that you've had on the road so far? Oh my gosh. I mean, just everything is just crazy. Well, first of all, I love that. Um, I love and hate that Mark has the camera. That's my husband on all the time. Every time I turn around, there's a camera in my face. I'm like, I'm eating. I have. <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah, no, it's great because we actually remember what we've done because in six months we're traveling around the United States. That's so much information for your brain. When he starts putting together the videos and we're sitting down, oh yeah, use that clip, use this clip. Uh, you're like, I can't believe that happened. I totally forgot. So really documenting is so amazing. And however people like to document, whether they write a blog, whether they do a video, um, you know, any of that or uh, videos for a vlog for YouTube, it is so cool what you'll see and remember and what you'll go do so that you can like document something cool happening. hundred mm-hmm. percent. And I, I think it was in your episode about Chicago, where you guys were cycling uh, into the city from the RV park along the river, and Mark asked you what the plan was for today, and your answer really resonated with me. You said, I think it was something like, we'll just let the city tell us what to do. And I just, I just <laughs> love that. And it's one of, those, one of the key benefits of slow travel to be somewhat unplanned and let the wonders of the day unfold. Like for you... How has the the slowness of this journey influenced your experience? And like, what have been some of the advantages of, of taking your time? 
Well, that is such a cool concept, that concept of slow travel. And I think that, like, let's take for New York, for instance. I've been here, I don't know, four times, I think, in my life. And every time it's been in a hotel for, like, three, four, five days, really compact. What can we get done? We're racing around. And this time we're here for a half a month. And, you know, we're staying in an apartment versus a hotel. And we're wandering around every day. And we're walking the streets. And we're really seeing what New York is like. Mm -hmm. And to see it through my kids' eyes. And they're fooling around with people on the side of the street and, you know, making people laugh. And we're just having a great time. And I got to tell you, we're not seeing a Broadway show. We're not doing like some of the high expensive ticket mm-hmm. items because, you know, we, we're going for six months. We kind of need to make the budget last, right? So, um, but just that idea of slow travel and really interacting with the people who are here, who live here, hearing their stories and listening to what they think we should do. It's just an amazing journey. It's totally different than vacationing. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you're done with your vacation, you come home and you're exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and now we're like, it's just part of our life. And I feel like we're learning so much mm-hmm. what to do, how, you know, my kids, how to behave. I mean, just the basics of like, um, paying attention to what's going on around you, especially in a city like New York, Boston, uh, Chicago, Toronto, Montreal. These are all some of the big cities that we've been to. You know, take your earbuds out, look people in the eye, make sure you're, you know, on a certain side of the sidewalk. I, you know, I feel like sometimes, especially the millenniums are going to go into like cities that have been from small towns and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I actually have to pay attention to what's going on around me. I can't be like Snapchatting all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting that you say that, when, you, when you're going on like a, a vacation or a holiday, you usually come back and you're exhausted and you're tired. Where for me, I find with slow travel, when you come back, it's kind of like you're a changed person because you've been able to really absorb the depth of the culture that you've been to, even if it is in you, you, the same country that you're traveling through. Um, you know, like you live here in America yourself, but as I'm sure you've realized, there are so many different cultures and the states are really kind of vastly different here. Absolutely. And it is so cool to see all the differences. And even in New York, I feel like there's different cultures in like two mile blocks, right? I mean, we're in Chinatown, you go to Little Italy, you go over over by Madison Square Garden, there's a different group of people up, you know, the Upper East Side, and we're here for fashion week. So you got a, a little bit of fashion mixed in with all of it. And um, it's just it's just so cool to see all the different kinds of people that come together. And I th- feel like the more, you know, uh, Rick Steve says that as Americans, we need to go travel. We need to be American ambassadors to show the world that, you know, we're awesome people and that we're friendly and happy and we want to be helpful. And I feel like when you can put that in your kids, when you put that in yourself and then you mm-hmm. go out into the world, it makes um, it makes the world a smaller place and it's more human. And like I said, you know, for September 11th, we were here in New York and everybody's kind of weirdly connected because we know it's a day of remembrance. But I feel like when you go out into the world and you have that personal relationship with someone who's from Norway or Russia or Mexico and you think, oh, that's who they really are, not what I've been watching on TV. And I I feel like having that ingrained as just something that needs to be done is awesome. And more times than not, you realize, oh, that's who they really are. It is nearly exactly like me. (laughs) You know, that human element that you talk about. Yes. But you touched on before about affordability and, you know, you're traveling for six months. So there are, you're approaching it in a different way. I guess the most obvious one at the moment is you're living out of an RV. 
what are some of the other things that you think that you're doing different to, I guess, allow you to travel for so long for allow that, that budget to stretch? Yes. Well, you know, it's important again to mention that we are still making money on the road. So we're not living off a savings account, but that doesn't mean that we like blow the budget. You know, my husband and I were laughing the other day. It's like when in Rome and mm -hmm. you eat the muffins, you go on the big trip, you go on like, you know, the Broadway show, but we're in Rome every day to so to yeah. speak. Right. And so we have to like curb what we're doing. We still have to do school work. We still need to do work. We still need to exercise. We still need to be a little self-conscious about what we're um, eating and consuming. So um, we just have to like prioritize. We usually give our kids like a notepad and say, what are the top 20 things you want to see when you're here? And that sounds like a lot, but it's five people. So it's really not that many per person. And, you know, and it, usually it's like, I want to sit on the Met steps and take a picture. I want to do, so these things are not expensive. Most mm -hmm. of them are free. And, um, and so, you know, we went to the New York City uh, library the other day because we wanted some pictures. We wanted to be able to see it. And we also needed to get some schoolwork done. And we like, that was like a whole day. And it was amazing just walking around the city. And all that cost us was a couple Gatorades on the way home. <laughs> and, and, so, and also it's that, again, it's kind of that slow travel allows you to do that. You're not rushing yeah. through going tick, 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 tick. Like mm -hmm. one thing I've realized is on our adventure, this, the affordability question is always the question that comes up when we meet yes. people. How, how are you affording to travel for a year? It's actually costing us less per month to travel than it is to live our so-called normal life back home because we are traveling a different way. We are house-sitting and pet-sitting, so we don't often get to choose where we go, Because, but we put traveling as a family as the number one priority, not, mm. not staying in a hotel or going to see these things. Traveling was what we wanted to do, and you know you have to kind of sometimes forego that, that freedom of choice, but it's for the greater goal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I, we, it usually comes down to money. I mean, that's like the number one question. I mean, Mark and I just put together a video for people who wanted to know how do you make money on the road because that is just so pressing and it seems like a huge roadblock. But you know that great book, The Alchemist. Mm, the author it. says, yes, the best. The Alchemist, and he says, travel's not usually about money but courage. And it's that courage to think, okay, well, how can I make it possible? What can I do to sacrifice? You know, a lot of people save up and then they go for a big trip and then they go back and they work but it's that courage to even think about setting a date figuring it out and what am I going to spend on a daily basis I'm not going to blow the bank I'm not going to go do all the high ticket price items but rather I'm going to enjoy the environment mm -hmm. and um, like you said in slow travel so really I think before when that money question pops up in your head I think maybe talk about okay if I had the money what would I do because I think you'll find behind that question is the courage to even ask yourself am I willing to do it or even going back to kind of where this conversation started was look at the things that you have in your life right now. Do you need them more? Do you need mm -hmm. that expensive car? Do you need that bigger house? Sometimes if you take away those things, all of a sudden there's, there's more money that, yes. you, that, you, that you've already got. That it's, it's not about, sometimes it's not about going out and getting a higher paid job or, or, or kind of getting more money that way. It's about looking where you're spending your money right now. Absolutely. Yeah, Trav from Extra Pack of Peanuts, he came over to the house one day and um, they were traveling through Arizona. We had him over for dinner and he was saying the same exact thing. And he's like, my friends ask me, how do you get on a plane to go do 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 do? And he's like, 
uh, dude, I don't drive the same car you do. I don't live in the same house you do. I have a lot more wiggle room because you guys are prioritizing different things. And here's the thing. If that's what you want, that's awesome. You should go for it. Like I said, my husband and I were hungry for those things at one point in our life. But there's different stages and we're not there. We, we're like we've done that and we're, we're choosing to put other things in our life. So like you're saying, make that space. Ask yourself, where am I prioritizing my funds and my time? And by the time this episode is live, you would have interviewed over 100 people or couples for the Keep Your Daydream podcast, which is huge. So firstly, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks so much. It has been so much fun and it has completely changed our lives. For everyone that you've interviewed, are there any key lessons or similarities that really stand out for you? Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, there's the obvious, you know, prioritizing everything we've talked about that you can do it. But one of my favorite things recently, uh, someone came on the show. Her name is Sue Bedford and she wrote a book called It's Only the Himalayas and her girlfriend like kind of. Uh, she's, she's like, the Himalayas are no big deal, you know, like kind of portrayed it like just a walk in the park. So she gets there in jeans and, you know, like just Converse sneakers or whatever. And she's like, are you kidding me? I'm, <laughs> I am not prepared for this. But lo and behold, they make it. And she said, you know, it's like the Kung Fu Panda. And I started like cracking up. I'm like, you are not even giving us Kung Fu Panda for that first <laughs> minute. And she's like, yes. She said, you know what? There is no special sauce. There's no secret ingredient. The reality is we all have it inside of ourselves. So, you know, don't compare yourself to someone else. Ask yourself, where are you? What are your priorities? What do you want? And the reality is you can make that happen. And I'm not just feeding you a line. You can do what you want to do. You shouldn't, just like you say, don't postpone your happiness. Don't postpone your life. Get out there. Get after it. And you'll look back and say, yeah, I did that. And you'll have the courage to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And uh, I, I love that. I really do. Not the Kung Fu Panda reference, but everything else. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, you know, going, going on that, like with, you know, once you achieve something, then you can look back at it and go, wow, look at what we, look at what we did. Let's go achieve some more. What have you found like traveling with your children, like the things that they've achieved over these four months? And I guess spending so much time with them, like what have you learned from, from them of, of how they've grown over this trip? Oh my goodness, like leaps and bounds. And, you know, someone was asking me the other day, you know, aren't you scared that your kids aren't going to like have their social experience? I'm like, uh, my kids need to be less social. Okay. <laughs> They're fine. We're all day. All we're doing is talking to people. But you know, what we've learned together as a family is that we can do hard things. And, you know, someone said that once on the podcast and she said, I love that we can do hard things. This isn't easy. Okay. You know, <laughs> It sounds like this glamorous, we're going all over. Really, every day we're thinking about, okay, what, what grocery store are we going to? How are we getting where we need to go? Where are we sleeping? Where's the RV? You know, just there's a myriad of things to think about. But, you know, m my middle son went on this bike riding um, single track with my husband that's really meant for 
completely advanced mountain bikers. And he got done with that. And he's like, yeah, I did that. You know, my daughter is speaking French in Montreal. And she's like, yeah, I did that. You know, Caleb is meeting, that's my youngest. He's meeting people and passing out Keep Your Daydream cards. And he's like, I made another friend. I got another subscriber. <laughs> We're wow. like, okay, I, I, I kind of want to know who you're handing my cards out to. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just kidding. But, um, but just the fact is that you can go out there and for them to see that firsthand, that's not you can't get that in a classroom you can't get that you know in your normal bubble you can get other things like you know just a myriad of things but this is a totally different experience and it's not always easy and to get through that together and to see how each one of us has our own characteristics I mean they're even complimenting each other on like Carson you're so observant you know and like to see them recognize things in each other that they wouldn't have otherwise, just that's like totally heartwarming as a parent. Yeah, that's great. That that really is. And and when when this journey's over, and I guess there's a little bit more of that normality that kind of comes back, and it's hard for you to kind of predict what's going to happen. But do you kind of see that the the, the three kids are kind of growing together in a different way? Yes. Well, you know, of course there's like, I don't know how many kids you grew up with, <laughs> but I can only imagine what it's like for them sometimes, right? They just want to like clobber each other. But the reality is they're like a, a unit in a mm -hmm. totally different way now, navigating subway systems, figuring out different bike rides, communicating with people, buying things, everything. So yeah, I mean, they have come together in a whole new way. And I don't think even when we go back to quote unquote normal, and I don't know that we really will. We'll always try and mix it up and just keep adding these crazy one, two, six month trips in. But um, I just see them as completely different people and knowing that they have this net that's their family that they can rely on. And it's really like they have exponential abilities because they know how to rely on each other and what to bring back as the to the unit. I think it's such a wonderful experience. I really, really do. Um, I have one final question before we're going to wrap things up here, Tricia. And it's a question that I ask all of my guests, and that is to describe your perfect day. Oh, my goodness. Well, my perfect day is obviously with my family. <laughs> having coffee and then setting out on what we're going to do and and learning something different getting out of the normal so that we can look back and say oh my gosh can you believe we did that or that was so funny or you know just totally cracking up and then just the myriad of inside jokes now I mean we can say one word things and we're all busting up <laughs> laughing because it brings us right back to a moment in time where we had that special time together so um, that really is my perfect yeah. day I, there's just nothing better. And I think, honestly, I think if you can lay your head down on your pillow at nighttime and go, I learned this today, it's been a pretty good day. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Trisha, and, and your beautiful work and how you bring your stories, the stories to our ears and really encourage everyone to kind of go out there and experience the world. I really do love it. If people want to reach out to you and learn a little bit more about you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, first, let me just say thank you to you and everything that you are doing. It's so awesome. I love that, you know, you're out there saying, don't put off your life, make it happen. I mean, there's just no better message. And so if people want to check out what we're all about and what we're doing, you can go right to YouTube and put in Keep Your Daydream. That's where you'll see our six-month adventure. You can go online to Keep Your Daydream, and you can hook right into all the podcast episodes and just feed your mind so that you can start thinking of what you 
your adventure is and what you want to do so you can keep your dream alive. So keepyourdaydream.com. Uh, thank you for your kind words. And I'll make sure that all the links are in the uh, show notes at liveimmediately.com slash podcast. And I will say that you need to start the YouTube from the beginning because on day one of the adventure, <laughs> the RV got a flat tire. And I, when I was watching that, I felt so, I really felt for you guys, all this planning and everything. And then you hit the road and it's a flat tire, but it's just kind of like you guys were just like, well, there's nothing we can do except Let's go fix it. And obviously, Mark is similar to me and had none of the right tools. But I, 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 I think people need to start there as well. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. You're bringing a smile to my face. So <laughs> thank you so much. It was a blast to chat with you today. Uh, thanks, Trisha. And, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately. That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.